Welcome to the premiere episode of Around the Clock on the Kevin Wang Podcast Network powered by Anchor. I'm your host, Kevin Wang, and for this very special episode, I texted two of my closest friends, Josh and Alvin, to come on this new project that I have recently started. They graciously agreed, and coming up, we will be discussing our experiences as coaches and leaders at our high school over the last two years. Josh was the CEO for one of our school store, Alvin was an executive for one of the biggest clubs at our school, and the three of us were actually coaches for our school's grade 9 basketball team last year. So there isn't anyone that I know that is more suited to talk about leadership than these two. Without further ado, let's bring Josh and Alvin into the podcast. Alright, so we're back here with my friends uh, Joshua and Alvin. How are you guys doing, man? Good. How's the quarantine? What have you guys been doing during quarantine? Nothing much, honestly. I mean, not much because parents are being really strict usually. But yeah, it's been trying to find new hobbies and stuff. But other than that, it's been pretty chill. Yeah. Same. Like, like you guys, how much you guys go out now? I've um, gone out in like the last two days. I've gone out in a couple of weeks, honestly. For real? Yeah, but I've been trying to ask my parents to go on a walk and stuff. But maybe when. Nah, maybe when this stuff clears up, maybe next week or so, I should be able to. Yeah, I heard they're starting up soon. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Josh? I see uh, you be posting on Instagram, though. Yeah, we're going every day. <laughs> no, you're fucking kidding me. I, I go to Stevenson and, like, you bike there, right? And then I go bike sometimes. Okay. That's pretty sick, though. All right. And then, well, like, first yeah. and foremost, I'll talk about leadership, obviously, but then, like, to be a great leader, you got to you know, put in the hard work first, right? So then, like, you guys are probably one of the hardest working people that I know around me and the most dedicated people around me. So I kind of w- wonder, like, where does that, like, motivation to work hard come from? Okay, let's start with Josh. Like, what, what do you think that, because you're definitely one of the hardest people, like, if anyone's, like, see, like knows you, the, probably the first thing that I would say is, you know, like, you're, you're really ambitious, and I would definitely say that for the same too. I might put that on your recommendation for LinkedIn. And uh, like, where do you think, where would you say that like comes from? Was it like instilled in you I'd at a young age? Or were like you motivation? Like, motivated? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it comes from uh, role models that I look up to. So I look up to civil rights leaders such as uh, MLK. And oh, yeah. yeah, the change in society. So, so he inspired me and like many others to take action and be a leader because leader can create change, and that's what I want to be. Yeah, yeah. Around, like, when would you say around? Like, when did you like discover that? Right? Because I feel like going into high school, we definitely didn't like really notice that disparity of like people working really hard and being really inspired and some of the people who are just kind of lacking and slacking off. So where would you think that, where did you found your stride as in like, okay, I'm going to start working hard. I'm going to be motivated. I'm going to make a change in, in this world and be a leader. I think it started in, uh, I think grade eight entering to high school. I was very unmotivated. I slacked off in most of my classes and I didn't really get involved much in volunteering so that's when i decided there needed to be a change so grade nine 
I became more involved, um, started joining clubs and teams. I started um, joining nonprofit organizations. So I think that's when I started to become more of a leader because I saw myself back then and grade eight and I looked and thought to myself that I need to change. So it was like where when you joined Yes, right? Do you think like uh wait like so for people who doesn't know, like can you talk about us about what um the Yes organization was is still is? Yeah. So uh Yes is uh, otherwise known as Youth Achieving Success is an organization that promotes career choices to high school students. So we host various workshops around BC. And recently, I think in grade 10, when I joined, um, we hosted one in SFU. And then occasionally my job would be to travel um, around. So I would go to uh, Vancouver, uh, Delta, Surrey. I would attend these workshops and then plan the event so that the event would run smoothly for these high school students. And yeah. Yeah, I remember. That was when you were oh, really yeah. super motivated. We were like, you were like freaks, man. We were like, yeah, you're going to Delta and going to Siri. That's crazy. Yeah, and then, yeah, it was too much. So, you know, got to unwind a bit. And then went back to McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I quit McDonald's. You know, you got to keep switching it up a little bit. Yeah. More. yeah. That was crazy. Because then we were all really, really like, I think obviously we joke about it, but I think in reality, we're all really, really mad at you for doing so. Because then for us, that was such a big challenge. Like all we knew, we just started, like all we knew was just like, oh, we're going to get our first job at McDonald's. And we're like, for me, it was like Cafe Crepe. And then I went to Starbucks. It was never anything about like joining leadership conferences and being part of that. So that was really cool. Yeah. But what about Alvin? Like what what are some of your like motivation comes from? Definitely you're one of the most like dedicated people that I know, especially with your schoolwork and academics. Yeah, uh, personally, I really want to make sure that I think starting grade 10, that was when I first really wanted to really put my mind to school. And because grade 8, grade 9, those were years when I tried to have the most fun, honestly. I didn't really want to take school too seriously, but it was until grade 10 when I first found out about universities that I really, that really set my motivation to, to try and try to get my grades up. And I think I went from... 80s average to nearly 90s by the time of end of grade 10 and I realized that if I really put my mind into it and I really put my work into it I think I can do some great things like how much like did that fact like uh, like do you think your parents preached on doing so or do you think it was like you no. saw an, an opportunity in the future like a career choice that you were really really passionate about and that kind of motivated you from doing so or is it like from your peers definitely think it's probably for myself honestly like I don't really see much of my friends putting as much effort as I think I would do when it comes to like projects or assignments and stuff and I feel like if I really put my my mind to something I could really I can really get the job done and yeah 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 for sure like I feel I feel like for you like what I've seen so far is definitely a lot of it's your own ambitious like mind coming out of yourself and also just you hang out with really you hang out with the people who are really like-minded with you who also have their career goals that they want to pursue and yeah that's what I've been knowing so far and obviously at the top of the podcast I talk about how we're all coaches last year for our very unsuccessful grade 19 that won like a game so I always kind of wonder this like 
what could we like what could we have done differently with our team last year because obviously it didn't go so well and there were like you know we all experienced through the same thing and i was just wondering like for you guys what what could we have done differently or what would you have personally adjusted in front uh, of um i feel like our offense was probably a particularly weak aspect honestly it's <laughs> like most of our games, we had to rely on one player to play this hero ball, which one person was scoring the most points. So I didn't really think that we had an effective offense at all. So we were scoring like around 10 points while the opposing teams were scoring like 50. So probably next time, just figure out like an effective play that the team could easily rely on the score. Right. I feel like for us, it's like, actually, uh, let's go with Josh first and I'll speak on it. Yeah. What, what like for you? What 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 do you think uh, we should have done different? Because for you, you definitely have more successful ventures with like coaching and stuff. Because you have coached the most out of all of us. Um, I think you know, um, with our grade nine team, I think discipline was a big issue. I think some of the kids there didn't uh, put as much effort as they're supposed to because of how because we're students. Right. So we're not like, um, there's not much of an age difference. So they're not really going to take us seriously. So I think it's like taking initiative when they're fooling around um, and making sure that like we're like um, making sure that we're disciplining them and making sure they're following the rules. Because I think we, yeah, we definitely them. lost them for some, yeah, part, like for some parts them. and stuff. Yeah, I feel like I think they kind of see us as like not coaches, but just like a friend from, like yeah. maybe not from, but just someone from a couple of grades above us that you know that could be our friends and stuff, like could be their friends and stuff. And that dynamic didn't like work out for the best sometimes. Like for me, I feel like. In terms of like resources, I actually feel like we had a lot, especially with Josh bringing in like coaches from like the senior team and stuff, players from the senior yeah. team to sometimes come in and coach. And I feel like that was definitely some some of the resources that we kind of miss. Because then I remember there would be like games where we had like five or six coaches on the sideline, and then we would all be doing the the same things, you know. And mm-hmm. I feel like that wasn't like the very proper way of like like distributing talents and stuff. So even like within ourselves. I feel like just um, distributing our own tasks was even a little bit like, and uh, I was inefficient because, mm-hmm. you know, like we all were doing the exact same tasks from, like maybe it's something that's like one person's job it was distributed among the three of us. And I don't think like, even though I could work and, you know, but at the same time, we weren't doing it as, as efficiently as well as, as I thought or as we could have been. Like, I feel like, one one of the main thing that I think I could have done differently was, or we could have done differently was like, you know, like some when we have more resources, sometimes that we can even like set up film and stuff. I think we could have just we could have done like film sessions and stuff because I I think back in uh, grade eight, grade nine, like that that was something that if when like when we were players, I feel like that could have been really beneficial, especially like just like watching films and stuff. And that, yeah. like, that's some, like, something that I think I would have changed, per se. Yeah, and what, what do you think the biggest challenge of it is? Like, during just, 
I know for Josh, definitely coach more. So like you can definitely expand on this more. So what do you think was the biggest challenge during when we were coaching? What was the biggest challenge during that time? Uh, biggest challenge when coaching? Yeah. I think. Or do you think there's not any at all? Yeah, the biggest challenge I think was implementing a system that works for everyone because I think our system in basketball, like especially our plays were ineffective. Um, we didn't really run the plays we taught them. And I feel like that's because those plays, we didn't really put them into like game scenario. So they didn't really understand how to play in that like intensity. And so rather than just giving them plays and them executing it, I felt like we could have gave them realistic game scenarios where they're actually running the plays with a group of other kids. So maybe host scrimmages more. Right. So I feel like understanding the system and what works for everyone is the biggest challenge that I think I and like we had to like deal with. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that because like I think scrimmages kind of brings out like the competitiveness yeah. in front of, like within everybody, and then like I think yeah maybe they're not as like you know focused in basketball, but the reason that play is because you know they're they're competitive and they want to win, right? So I think like that's actually a really good point. Like I never really thought about like hosting more scrimmages, right? Because we're all taught to like practice more and more, but then we're never taught to like just reenact like real game scenarios. Like, Alvin, what was your biggest challenge? Because I know that for both of us, we were both rookies. So then we definitely had a lot more struggles with it. I think going to a lot of practices, the main challenge was probably, like, motivation. Because right. I just felt like a lot of players did not have the motivation to attend to practice consistently. There were probably like one or two players that came to practice regularly, but some didn't even have, like, a proper excuse why to not show up. Other than that, mm. kind of feel like... The team was just like we lacked um, physical talents in general. Like I think in the beginning of the season, the players were like out of shape. They didn't know how to shoot a basketball or anything. Like I think those were the type of things that we need to fix. But those weren't really things that we needed to fix. Like they needed to be able to have this ability to dribble or shoot way before the season actually started. Do you think that we weren't given enough time? Especially, I think. How much time do we have? Like about two weeks before season started. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, actually. Like, <sighs> it was it wasn't as much time as as we like. I feel like, especially with how like just the the talent level of our team was. I think definitely need more like need more time to like gel them together. Right? Is that what you think? Definitely didn't expect our team to be at the state that we ex- that they were at. Right? Like. We probably expected a team to be a more of um, a high caliber team, like a team that is already like able to have like good chemistry or able to score already. Mm-hmm. Right. What What do you think? Like, what's the most important thing that you guys like took out of that experience? Because I feel like for me, it was definitely like I had a lot more respect for coaches right after that. Because I, I, I remember like just. There was, there were definitely like, even though we got blew out a lot, there were definitely a couple of close games where, you know, you would, you would want at least, especially after a great first half, you would want to play the players that 
were doing great in the first half again in the second half. But then you think about all these other kids on the bench and, you know, like we're like when we when we took on the when we took on the role of being a coach, especially for like a grade nineteen, we're, you know, taught to give everyone even minutes. And I remember Joshua once like we were like me and Alvin, we were like trying to get the good players to go to sub in, but then Joshua's like, no, like we gotta give everyone like fair chances. So I feel like that definitely made me more like understandable, okay, how why when we were players, sometimes we would get like shunned essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was some of the most important that you like what was some of the thing that or just the one most important thing that you guys learned throughout the experience? Um, I think the most important thing I learned is that especially when you're coaching the younger grades, right? It's not more of like halfway through the season, I realized that our goal is not to win anymore because clearly we, we don't have any um motivation or talent to win any more games. So I felt like uh, we needed like um like a clear purpose from the beginning. So that purpose I think for them is to develop their skills more so that they can improve in like later grades. So enhance their skills, enhance their ball movement, passing, shooting, all those fundamentals, rather than just like finding ways to win. Because when you're young in grade nine, eight, all you're doing is harnessing your skills, making them better so you can be a better player in the future. And I think if we focus that more early in the season, I think we, the results could be a little different. But yeah, I think we were I think, a little bit focused on winning rather than focusing on improving our skills. Yeah. yeah. For sure, for sure. I think, like, after the first couple of games, especially, we weren't, like, that was the combination of, like, not being prepared and also just, you know, other teams being better than this. But I think they got pretty defeated after a couple of games. And, you know, like, okay, you know, we were not going to win a lot, looks like it, and then they just didn't continue. I feel like we definitely should have, you know, established, like, not a winning culture from the beginning, but, like, just uh, getting better and developing type of culture from the beginning. So I, what was like the most important thing that, that you learned? Yeah, adding to this, uh, adding to what you and Josh said, I think the most important thing was not winning or any of that, but more of seeing the kids actually improve over the course of the season. Like seeing them improve in the shooting ability, seeing them improve in the dribbling ability, or seeing them improve as a person itself. I think those are the type of things that I think I learned. And also yeah. that dedication really helps and that kind of shows in the court when the team is actually able to run plays or able to actually communicate. That really attests to the fact that our work actually pays off. But I think another thing is that maybe chemistry, honestly, because I think, yeah, when we were losing games, there were definitely kind of chemistry issues or when, when the players were saying, put me on, put me on, those type right. of issues came. And quite honestly, I think, um, being part of this team, it, it kind of helps us identify and try to solve these type of problems. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it, it is a bigger responsibility than we all thought, right? Because I remember heading in, it was just like, wow, this is like one person's job, but like the three of us are splitting it. But at the end of the day, we were like, wow, this is, I remember Alvin constantly, and I was saying too, it was like, this is a lot more than 
I thought, especially and not just like the practice times, but just like what you have to prepare before each practice because we have to. We were the one running the thing. Like we were, we were the one running the show. We we had to like have a plan in mind every time we we host a practice, and that was expected out of us. Like we were expected to host practice like what, like every two. No, like uh, literally, like every, four times, times a week, right? Yeah, yeah. We would have a break on Friday, like crazy. Like and now that I think about it, it's pretty crazy how we even did it, and like especially with Josh, we did it like multiple times. That's just yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah, I'm pretty glad that the three of us actually ran it because that allows so much flexibility for us to like attend practices. I mean, some of us can right. attend practices on Monday, Wednesdays, or, or some can attend Thursday, Fridays, but. I'm at least glad that the most important part was that all of us managed to attend almost all the games. I think. Right. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Yeah, especially we were in grade 11 too. And that was like, it was, I think last year, in, in a way, for me at least, like it was definitely more important of a, academically, it was definitely more important than this year for grade 12. So it was like kind of crazy how we would do that at the same time, also like maintaining, going home and like doing homework and stuff. That's, Definitely, like, looking back at it, it was a lot, it was a lot more than I thought, yeah. So, definitely, we've all been experienced, like, what it's like to be led, and and now we're in, we have been through these leadership positions, and I was just wondering, like, throughout these, like, courses of high school, what, like, what do you think makes a great leader? Because, you know, we've been tons of positions where we've been put into projects, and now teams and clubs. What do you think, what are some of the values that makes a great leader a leader is someone that embodies the characteristics of inspiring people um inspiring them to create change in like anything because when you can inspire people and like make them work rather than just like delegating tasks making them do things i think that's an ineffective leadership style i think an effective leader is someone who does work alongside their team. So not just like bossing anyone around, but rather than just like working with them, making sure that they're in the right direction. And I feel like a, a good leader is someone who takes initiatives and is very diligent in his tasks. Um, make sure that everything runs smoothly and is accountable for any like, setbacks so a leader is someone that is not afraid to face those setbacks and find solutions and not avoiding them because when you can find a solution to something that is like near impossible to solve that's when you know that you have something special down there and that you can really make a difference because Life is not all about just uh, facing easy easy tasks. It's like facing these challenges and inspiring your team. Yeah. Right. right. Alan, what about you? What do you think makes a great leader? Like, what are some of the values? Um, honestly, <clears throat> I just feel like leaders, good leaders actually have goals in mind and they're able to really convey those goals to others in order to make it become successful. Like, you could take, for example sports teams, like if they have a goal in mind to win a championship, they're able to effectively communicate to the teams that they want to do it. And they'll make sure that they're able to do it 
Whereas like going hard on practices or going to gym and working out and being in shape, like those are the type of stuff. Or even look at it from a business standpoint, right? Like you, you, for example, you're like a CEO of a company. You want to set making this amount of money per year. Like you're willing to convey these goals to your employees to make sure that it gets done. Right. Yeah. I feel like for me, like a great leader is actually someone who is really good at identifying what everyone's skill sets are. Because I feel like, especially through like, just looking through other people, people around me's experiences and through my own, it's like when I think I've been more of a, in a follower position than a leader. And from the leaders that like I have seen, some of like the, like while they're all great, I think some of the greatest mistakes are by, and the, the mistakes that leads to conflict is when someone is like told to do something that they're not, you know, not, it's not something that, necessarily something that they don't want to do, but it's not that they're great at. And I feel like a great leader is someone who can identify everyone's potential and they can like maximize it accordingly. Right, and I feel so like that's a really, really hard skill set to, to have. And that's what kind of separates the, the really great one from like the, the ones that are just not as good, you know? So like identifying like strengths and weaknesses of each player, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like even just throughout like projects, right? Like project management and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like being like a manager of a project, like you want to make sure that everyone on your team is, you know, the, the graphic design people who are, you know, they're, they're maximized to their potential and you don't want them to do something that, that is not their strengths, right? I feel like that identifying that is definitely one of the, it's not even like, it's definitely not easy. It's definitely one of the most challenging part, but that's what makes a great leader great. And that's what I think, what, something like I've probably learned throughout just the last, even the last two years where you know, a lot of our peers have been in these leadership positions and this is kind of what I've like observed there. So I was wondering like, if you guys like, you know, obviously going to grade eight, we didn't really know what to expect. Now we're almost graduating. Do you guys have like a change in perspective in terms of leader, especially when we were when we were younger, we we're definitely in a more position to just told to follow. And now we're we definitely had that, you know, 180 kind of flip. Or more, or more on the other side. Like, do you guys have a different like perspective on leadership compared to just like five years ago? Yeah, in grade eight, I used to think that um I used to look up to like these leaders in our school that um, I used to think that they're like flawless. Um, they have all the right characteristics. They don't do anything wrong. So they're basically like a perfect figure. But as years progress, I realized that a great leader is someone that has flaws in themselves. It's not just going to be like um, everything's going to be perfect you're going to see some flaws in them. And a great leader is someone that recognizes those flaws and develops from it, learns from it, rather than just like pretending that everything's okay, that I'm this perfect figure that everyone looks up to. And I think that my perspective has definitely changed from then because in the beginning of grade eight, I perceived a leader as someone who makes no mistakes, um, and when I progressed into like grade 11, grade 12, that's when I realized that, yeah, it's okay that they're making mistakes. It's part of a learning journey. And yeah. Oh, then we say even like, I feel like 
it's really weird to say this, but it's so like true. Like leaders just makes just as many mistakes as the people he like, he or she like manages, right? That he leads. And I feel like that's just a weird like definition to put it, weird, weird way to put it because like leaders are, are supposed to be the one that people look up to. And yeah, they make as just as many mistakes as just the people like below them. And that that is just really fascinating for me. I feel like just... Is definitely different than what we would think of a leader back when we were in back when we were in grade eight, grade nine, especially like being led by you know student council clubs and like coaches, especially right. Like we were all we all thought that what they did is the only way that there is to it, and they can do they can do no wrong, especially. Yeah, Alvin, what do you think? Like, has your perspective changed, or doesn't change at all? It didn't change at all. You. I mean, honestly, during the beginning of grade eight, I kind of felt like a leader was like someone who's actually really brave. They're kind of compelling, like they're willing to take risks and they have this commanding presence. But as I kind of grew older, I kind of felt like it's definitely more than that. Like you gotta, to be a leader, you kind of have to have some dedication and you gotta be able to like lift others when they're down. I mean, when I look at Look from it from a basketball standpoint, like when we were coaching a team, I remember when some players were just really down, really unmotivated. And as coaches, it's definitely our job to help lift them up, make sure that even though we're losing a couple of games, that they're still in the same shape they were, for example, in the beginning of the season when they were still fresh. Right. And it's really interesting. I feel like I remember back in grade nine, our team, like, you know, our coach decided to just not cut anyone. But then at the same time, like, you know, there would be people uh, at the end of the bench who essentially wasn't really as, like, taken care of. Do you feel like, like, going back to our coaching experiences, do you feel like we made the, I guess, like, the, the right decision to, you know, like, did we cut people? Or was it just Mount, Ryan Mount? Ryan uh, Mount no, no, there, there was, like, the, just the right amount of players who joined the team, so we didn't have to kind of one. Do, do you think that we, like, Took care, took care of them in a way because I feel like I, I definitely didn't feel like I really not saying I didn't care for it but I didn't really pay attention for it at all it was definitely just more about I had the exact same mindset as the players in, in, in a weird way because I feel like all I want to do was just win and we didn't really think about you know didn't really factor in the end of the bench players as much as we like to would you guys agree or, or do you guys yeah. think it was different I mean, no, honestly, uh, I kind of had the same mentality as you, honestly. Like, I kind of wanted to win. I think it was Josh who was the one that really cared about everybody, like all the players on the team, and they wanted to make them all feel equal in a sort of a way by giving them a lot of minutes and stuff. But I think me and you, be like, we want, like, we both had to, like almost the same mentality during grade nine. So this kind of fostered our mindset during grade 11 when we coached the team that, we just wanted to win like that's it yeah i feel like i feel like we even us we would get really really pissed when we don't yeah. we don't win and i don't know if that's exactly the right like culture you want to preach in terms of like especially youth basketball right because we see so much on tv and that's what we're all been like that's what us like all, all we know but i feel like especially youth basketball that what josh talked about was definitely more important than just winning and like speaking of josh you this past year you led like what how much uh how many people are on an actors like 15 yeah 15 15 okay 
So like, you want to talk about Enactus UBC first and how you, you were able to lead them in the, the business competition? Yeah, so um, in case uh, you guys don't know, UBC Enactus is a um, organiza- organization run by UBC and it teaches high school students how to build a product and market them in order to benefit the environment. So starting off the year, I had 13 people on my team and the team were very unmotivated. Nobody wanted to do anything. So it was very frustrating as someone that took the leadership position, especially when nobody committed um, to the test. And that's when I realized that I can't do this by myself. So I reached out to students that I know can lead the team and that has the capabilities of making a difference. So that's when I realized that as a leader, it's not, doesn't hurt if you ask for help because you can't do it alone. Um, a team functions as one unit. And when you're the one doing it by yourself, it's more of like, an individual effort rather than a team effort. So when I brought uh, Joey and Doris in, um, they really helped a lot with the project, especially because they helped me motivate everyone else. And they gave everyone a vision because in the beginning of Enactus, I struggled to give everyone a purpose. So that's when Joey and Doris helped me with this vision, transform this whole idea and then create this entire organization. Because in the beginning I had a mindset that, oh, we shouldn't do this competition and we're done. We're not gonna do anything else. And that's when Joey and Doris, they saw that and said, hey, um, I think we can do something special here. And because of that, we were able to win an award at UBC, which is, not like it was just like a fan favorite, but it's still counts for def- definitely like very rewarding, very, very accomplishment. A really good, yeah, game. and also featured in like several newsletter, um, which was really cool. So, yeah, I think what I learned from that main takeaway is never be afraid to ask for help because you can't lead a team by yourself, like, right. you can't lead an unmotivated team by yourself i think um you're gonna need some help along the way right and especially with like you had a lot of backgrounds but not like uh being like camp instructor at ubc as well and also coaching and different various like volleyball and basketball teams like do you think were any leadership skills like that you team from your previous experiences that you were able to like apply to managing this business team which by far i think it's definitely one of your most like like the, you said yourself, like one of the difficult, most difficult team to manage, right? I think uh, what I like learned from my other leadership opportunities is that perseverance, because when you're dealing with an environment that's hard to deal with, you're going to need like motivation to push yourself through. So I, when I was at UBC teaching, um, like basketball and I stayed in robotics camp, I really learned that you got to have the patience to really 
showcase and demonstrate your like skills to them because they're gonna be like unmotivated they're not gonna want to do what you want to do so I feel like that's when you really need to understand them so that's when I apply that to an artist and I learned that you gotta be patient with a team you gotta learn how to really understand them and find out why they're not motivated and find that motivation so that your team can succeed because um, like in, in Actis, like everyone was like really unmotivated. And part of the reason why is because they had other commitment. Um, they were just members of the team. They weren't really like, like really in a leadership position. So that really gave them the mindset that, oh, I'm trying to do my part and I'm just gonna not do anything else. And that's when I right. made them realize that, oh, like each and every one of us is like, can contribute to something special because, you know, some people in our group, like I'm not gonna mention any names, but they're just there for like the resume. You know, I heard someone said that, oh, this has the name UBC in it. So I feel like if I put UBC um, in Actis in my personal profile I like definitely get in and that's when I said man if you like have that mindset you're not going anywhere man it's like that's such a bad way to like do something right did you let that person in sorry did you let that person in 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 your club yeah he wasn't um you can name drop yeah so like I'll bleep it out you can name drop though yeah, I'm not gonna mention any names, but <laughs> just... you, can, you can mention it. I'll, I'll, I can bleep it out. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> it was as well. Uh, I'm not bleeping it out, man. I'm not bleeping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you played yeah, yourself. So what I told them that, oh, if you're just here for the resume and like padding your personal profile, then I think you should just get out um but i i didn't like as myself i didn't really have it myself to kick him out so what i did instead was like i taught him like i made him realize that a you're developing your leadership skills as well and that you should get better as a person as an individual so i think that's when he started um being motivated it definitely gave him a role, right? That's that's what I was talking about before about like just really maximizing everyone's skills accordingly, and it definitely gave him a role on the team where he felt like he was accomplishing. Yeah, he was like, part of the playing at the a part of the team, right? Yeah. Everyone in our team yeah. had their own specialties. So we had the marketing crew, and right. Doris had that team, and we also had the woodworking crew. So that's when William, Brandon, Naeem, and Michael, right, and it's also the part where the logistics side, which is everyone else. So I think everyone played a crucial role in that team. And that's why we were able to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. And for all people who didn't know, so previously talking about Joey, she was the um the co co manager. Yeah. Co co manager for this project with Josh. And Doris is the marketing director of of the, the project as well. And then again, all the other people, they were on the uh the woodworking crew. Right. 
and building the yeah. bench. That that one you guys the fan favorite award. So like you definitely talk about a lot of people who are just aren't as motivated. And I feel like a lot of that is just fueled by the idea of just okay, being a part of this team can kind of probably bring me some joy into you know, I can be a part of like a winning team and being a part of a a really a, a team that can have that has a potential to accomplish big things. So as a leader, like having joy is such a crucial ingredient when for a team in any capacity, right? So how do you maintain that joy when things are challenging? Because definitely got there are definitely some conflicts in between. So how do you balance that joy aspect with the, the discipline aspect that you talked about before? Or is there a way where you can do that? I think um, in our team, there wasn't really any joy. I think it was more of like depression and like everyone was stressed out. Because, you know, it's grade 12 where we have lots of, like, things on our plate. Right. And having fun and joy was, like, really the last thing that we had in our team. But I felt like um, in order to be motivated, we needed to, like, be motivated, be happy and have joy. So um, I tried to initiate, like, some team bondings every once in a while, but that didn't really work out. Right. And then that led me to like talking to everyone and then telling them that if they have any issues or problems that they can directly talk to me and I'll find a solution for it right away. Right. And that really made them feel welcomed in the team. That's when things started going different. And personally, in that experience, I think that my mindset was <clears throat> to just to win in that competition. That was my main mindset. <clears throat> right. Like, you know, I've like all these great basketball players out there, like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, like Kobe Bryant, you know. Yeah. They have this one goal in mind is that to win. And like in any competitiveness, I think that's, my drive in this whole inactive thing, I felt like that if we win that competition, that will really make them like really happy and make it worthwhile. So I would just tell them every day that, oh, if you win and if we get this award, then that you'll be relieved and all of these hard work will pay off because it was like right. depression, depression, depression. And then if you win, yeah. then like you can finally be proud of something. So that's when the joy came in. It's at the end. So that's what yeah, I focus yeah. on. Not, in the, not through the process, but like at the results. And that's when it truly mattered. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks for uh, including Kobe in the greatest basketball yeah. player. That's just, just saying that. You can leave LeBron out of that, by the way. But, you know, we can talk uh, about that later. That's, that's top three. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you also, like, this year, you also, wait, at the same time, right? It's pretty much the same time where you manage the, uh, the, the, store, the school store, yeah. right? Of 30 people. So, just a quick question, like, comparing that, which do you think was the hardest to, to manage between those two? Or is there another one that, you know, in, in another project, in another capacity where you think it was harder to be a leader in? Mm-hmm. That's a tough one, but I would say that 
they're both like sort of even to me i have the same position in both of them right yeah i, I think being like um being the ceo of the marketing store really was like the most difficult for me in my opinion oh i felt like in enactus yeah i had like dependable people i had like joey and doris work alongside me right right yeah and like we i wasn't the only leader there i worked with like joey she's like she's de- definitely of, really ambitious yeah. as well she's like one of the most ambitious leader i know right and then like the marketing store that's when i only had to rely on myself because mm-hmm. yeah like I had my co-CEO with me, but we didn't really have the same like commitment at that time. Uh huh. Uh huh. I think he was committed more on like volleyball, right, 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 that kind of stuff, and I was committed more on that store. And there's only so much time, right? Yeah. Yeah, and like the most difficult part about that store is everyone. Okay, everyone hated the other CEO. Because, hey. all right, because he was not showing up to any shifts. Right, right. And then someone got really mad about that. So he kept track of every, every time he missed a shift. Uh-huh. Then when I looked at the record, it's right. basically like he attended once or twice and never attended anymore. So like the other field, you had to carry a lot more burden than you thought you did as well, right? Yeah, because Initially. when you're a co-CEO, you take the same responsibilities as the other CEO. Right. Uh-huh. So it's like if he does something bad and like everyone hates him for it, then like I'll take the blame also. It's mm-hmm. also my responsibility to fix it, which which is I did. I convinced everyone um that oh he's just busy at the moment. He's very committed to other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which is they know it's not true, but as um they realized I've been also working hard in that store, so they didn't really want right. to take anything that for me. So I think I felt like I was the greatest challenge as a leader. Um right. you know, trying to convince everyone that 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 this other leader is like not fooling around. Uh-huh. And just as like we're all on the same page kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, do you think that? Okay, so you talk about how other people like would complain to you, right? So, like, what what I was thinking about as you were saying was that, like, didn't you have a human resource department? Like, do you think that you could have just delegated those like complaints to the human resource department, uh, mm-hmm. then like directly to you? Or do you think I was like too hard to avoid considering that it was a school store and you just you were seen everywhere, right, by everybody? Like you were yeah, around the school a lot. Um, human resource. Um, that department fluctuated. It, sometimes they were very efficient. Sometimes they were not. Mm-hmm. But um, the the manager I put into human resource, right? Yeah, she was very um, inefficient in her tasks as well. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like I couldn't really depend on anyone at that point. So. Um, what I did was I talked to Mr. Lee about it. Um, it's my 
teacher sponsor on my right. teacher for mark for marketing and right. he told me that i need to confront these issues i need to talk to the managers and ask them like what's up and the main take the main reason why they're not really like focused is because of like other issues as well which is like completely mm-hmm. like understandable oh this is like a course this is not like a job mm-hmm. you don't have to like commit right. every single hours mm-hmm. um so i feel like like every single move that my other co-CEO was doing the human resources was like taking notes of it and then right. then it didn't really it didn't really look that good so I, see, I, see. i just decided that for the benefits of it i just you know completely erased those records just to right. make things like better because if anyone saw those records it wouldn't be like like good for anyone scholarships right. would be taken away and then yeah that's true yeah so basically yeah yeah do do you think that like the main takeaway for this whole experience which is probably your, like you said you said it's like the most difficult project to manage was like not being vocal and transparent enough with some of the issues within the store and like what you made adjustment afterwards cuz the and after stuff was like a little bit right afterwards right like mm. you think that was some of the things that you kind of improved on throughout this year which literally only happened what like 3 4 months ago it's crazy thing about that but do you see that was like your main takeaway or was something that you, you learned or something else that you learned from it Yeah, I think the main takeaway I learned from that from working the store is <clears throat> becoming more transparent and becoming more vocal and really like understanding people's needs and Yeah. I felt like as like when they're unmotivated, I get unmotivated as well. Yeah. Realis- like realistically in that store, I think I put about like 80% of what I'm able to do. because mm-hmm. all of my efforts like whenever like I work something for it just all right. goes away because they don't have they don't share the same vision and mindset as me so i feel like when you have like passionate group of people on your team that can really make you like a better leader as well that's what i learned is that you need supportive cast um you need people that are really like into their jobs in order for you mm-hmm. to succeed as a leader. Right. And, and you also need to be more vocal and speak up when things aren't going right because I felt like in some scenarios things got under things got out of control um especially when there are like people fighting all the time and people calling each other out. I feel like that's when you really need to become vocal and really step out and yeah cuz you didn't like expect these issues right like you didn't expect it to be this vocal and this this like you didn't expect, not just the issues but you didn't expect it to be you needed to be so transparent and vocal heading into the the year right? you didn't that wasn't something that you thought it would come or was it you kind of anticipated it? um with a small group of people i had 15 uh 13 in my team in the marketing yeah. class which is um it was a little bit easier to control rather than like mm-hmm. a group of like 30 right but the thing is in my team i had lots of different personalities 
it was yeah. people that don't get along with each other that well. Uh-huh. That's when you need to need to really be vocal and talk to them if there's any issues mm-hmm. and make sure that their that their needs are being communicated as well because every single member of the team is crucial for success in the store. And if we really looking at the numbers we had, we made um, 10,000 in sales and 3,800 in profit. And it was still a lot though. Like you guys made a lot more than I think anyone, any of it, like, especially comparing to last our great 11 years numbers. Like you guys made a lot more than anyone anticipated, especially with 13 people. The part of the reason why is because um, we really took advantage of like demographics of the grade eights, greatest ambassador program Mm -hmm. for the grade eights so that they started sharing a place, stuff like that. And I felt like those numbers, like any single store can achieve it. It's just like how much effort you put into it. Because like last year, I mean, when we had our store Snapchat, Mm-hmm. people were goofing around mm-hmm. at some points yeah um so i feel like in any store or like businesses if you put 100 percent in what you're doing you'll be the best ever to do it because the best store i think had ten thousand in profit mm-hmm. and that's like the best one yet and that's because everyone was into their job like duties despite like the academics they had, like the school stuff they had. For us, it was like people had other stuff going on. Like I had to focus on inactive as well and I had to focus right. on coaching. And so main takeaway is as long as you put 100% of your mind into it, you'll be the best no matter what because we're all the same, like – we have the same capabilities of doing anything, but right. it's really like the amount of effort you put into it. I kind of disagree with that one though. <laughs> Honestly, I yeah, kind of yeah. feel like if you have raw natural talent in something, even if you don't have the talent for it and you work just as hard, the person who has the natural talent will be. Yeah, I think um, that, that, that can be true in some points, but um, just based on the observations, I felt like, um, with my team, like I, I'm looking into it right now, and that uh, you know, there we have so much more potential to do like better, mm-hmm. and it all came down to effort because we weren't really like staying that staying after school as much, right? But yeah, and I get what you're saying, like natural talent, um, mm-hmm. is really like really important here. But in our my situation with my team, I don't think we really had any raw talent or like anyone. Hmm. So like it, we basically relied on effort. So like nobody had any, sure they had like, like things that they're good at, but nothing special that, you know, makes them like Steve Jobs or like Steve Jobs. Yeah. Do you think that like, especially with our school being so academically focused, like, do you think that kind of hinder into your, your project as well? Or like, how much of a factor did it play into it? Because I feel like it could have been a lot, right? Especially with everyone always prioritizing their schoolwork first and their extracurricular yeah. second. 
I guess everyone was prioritizing their schoolwork, which is, you know, that's really important at this point because school comes first. Um, the story comes like, it's just like your side duties. Mm-hmm. So I get why they're the effort. I'm not seeing as much effort, mm-hmm. but I feel like there are ways to balance your academics and like your extracurriculars. Right. If you know how, like, it's not just about time anymore. It's mm-hmm. about like using your energy efficiently. Right. So like using your energy, energy each day consistently rather than just like well i'm gonna use all my energy and like studying for a test it just sort of like yeah. gotta be consistent with it like really balance your energy and conserve it yeah, yeah. so that ultimately you can be like a well-rounded player yeah. and like what you do in high school like your work habits will like mm-hmm. translate to um, the university and like your jobs the rest of your life yeah yeah i feel like for the marking especially like the um the store especially like definitely takes a lot more time than any of us expected for, for like first and foremost and also it's like looking at the value of it like we put so much time into it and like what do we get at the end right so as someone who's like not in the who like, wasn't in the leadership position I feel like I can I can understand why pe- people in the store, like the workers in the store, have that kind of mindset. Because I feel like just thinking about just the uh, it's like a return investment into their like they invest if they invest so much time, how is it? How much would they get in return? And and I feel like looking at that and their like from their perspective, it definitely wasn't really worth it in their opinion. Which can, yeah. like, do you think you can wrap your mind around that, or is it something that I just feel like? It was purely out of just their own laziness. I feel like whatever your work habits are in any volunteering roles mm-hmm. will translate into your academic. Right. Um, so if you're like this hardworking individual that is like that has this perseverant mindset, then that's the same thing in school as well. Um, yeah. I feel like, yeah, I think that's what my coach told me. Um, that's what my coach for basketball told us that, you know, whatever your work habits are in school is Mm -hmm. how you're going to play in the game. Before we wrap up, we're about to head out now. Like, can you guys just share about like just the one goal that you have next post-secondary or your capstone project that you're currently working on right now that's due in three weeks? Not sure. Three weeks, right? I think go. Oh yeah, sure. Alvin, what's up? I think the most important for me moving on to post-secondary is just learning to be more time efficient. I mean, I think when I spend time doing homework, I spend way, way too much time doing it. And I think during post-secondary, you're going to have a lot less time um, doing the stuff that you want to do. For example, like having a social life and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think during post-secondary, I think the most important thing for me is to just balance, make sure to balance out, get my homework done in like two hours, really spend my time focusing on stuff and stuff, trying to procrastinate or like wait it out. Because once you reach post-secondary, time is going to be, time is going to be a crunch and you're going to have to have a lot more time being more efficient and balancing things out per day or each day. Mm-hmm. 
What about what about you, Josh? Uh, yeah, moving into post second year, I completely agree with Alvin's like using your time efficiently, um, having like a social life as well is like very important, um, and also getting the chance to meet new people and become becoming active in the community. Right. Yeah. So heading for moving forward, I think that's gonna be my mindset for now. Yeah, I feel like you already kind of established that in high school already. And it's something that I feel like I definitely should do it. And why I definitely aspire to do going into university. It's something that like I feel like in grade eight we didn't really we didn't really know anything. And this is like the second chance to kind of relive that being in first year. And like now we have so much like we definitely gained so much more wisdom like throughout all these five years of high school. And it's like it's really I'm actually really excited about like this change of scenery and stuff. Wait, Josh, have you like decided on where you're gonna go yet? Um, at the moment, um, I'm still currently decided, deciding. I okay. extended all my um, acceptance offers. So, oh really? Wait, wait uh, what are you planning up to? Like, okay, my I'm basically planning on going to Alberta um, mm-hmm. for nursing, but you know, I still have a couple of days um, before it happens. So. When's their deadline? Wait, did you have to ask for like through email and stuff, or is it just their own deadline that they had to that they uh early establish? Yeah, like I think previously it was due. Um, the deadline was due on um, what was it May first? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I think most schools, most schools is May first. Yeah. yeah. Big question though, are your courses online? Because mine are for fall. Yeah, UBC is like starting online already. Yeah, completely online. Yeah, most schools are Crazy. online. Yeah, like I, don't have to live a I don't have to worry about living a res or anything because I don't even know. Like, Were you planning on doing it anyways? I was going to plan to, but then I realized that because everything's going to be online, there's really no point. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. you can do all your work from home pretty much anyways. Yeah. You think you will... Online, so will be ha- will we'll be happening in like January, February. I don't know. It's weird though. Like um, UBC already announced it, but I don't think any of the Toronto schools have. Like I don't even think you. Uh, no, UBC. McGill. Basically, UBC every, every time. It's crazy. Oh. McGill is doing oh. online too. Yeah. Damn. Has, has Alberta? Done? Wait, are you gonna move there? Like from the start, from the jump, then? Uh, I'll it's the hard to think about it honestly like probably will stay at home like there's really no point yeah like, <laughs> yeah like, it's weird man I don't I actually don't I'm like refusing it to happen like hopefully you go hopefully you all like go to see each other in school though like let's, like I'm talking about yeah. in June like I think they ha- they have the plan on starting back up soon but I don't know how much is that's gonna be how do you guys feel about the grad events being cancelled? It's tough. I was really looking forward to prom and back to tree. It's all it just fucking sucks. Hopefully I'll bleep that one out. <laughs> it, it just sucks, man. Like what do you what do you guys think? No proposals though. So like we don't have oh, to do like, like we don't have to go through that. the pressure. Josh knows. <laughs> I was the pressure. Yeah, the pressure is tough. Yeah, it's like high expectations out there. Prom is even gonna be higher. Like I couldn't get the winter promo, and prom is gonna be, was gonna be even crazier. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it'll be right. sick though. No it'll be sick if we all gonna go back to school again. It's just like for like one more day. If they open like June thirtieth, that would be pretty sick. And then we can. I don't even know what's gonna happen, but we just gotta see. All right. Thank you guys. This is a long podcast. Like I did not expect it to go this long. I was aiming for like ten to fifteen minutes. That's good. Uh, you can trim us. This is really now. long. Just, just yeah, I like it though. This is this is cool. Like you guys have so much thought. Like a lot more. You guys talk about a lot more than I thought. And yeah, thank you guys for coming on. And hope you can do this again.